Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning in verse 28. Hope you've had your coffee, because we're going to talk about some demon stuff in this passage. When he had come to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, all right, some manuscripts render this the Gerasenes, both, uh, both are in the same province, both the same area, right? <coughs> Two demon-possessed men, <coughs> excuse me, met him as they came out of the tombs. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, What do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? We're going to zoom in on those two verses. Here's what follows. But like that's today's devotional text. Just so you know what comes next. A long way off from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. If you drive us out, the demons begged him, send us to the herd of pigs. Go, he told them. So... When they had come out, they entered the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in water. All right, we'll talk more about that later on, but let's look at this, because these first two verses carry with them immense, immense demonological implications and also eschatological implications. And those are two, like, $5 seminary words, I know, but you're smart enough to know what they mean. Demonological, you can probably etymologically break it down. Something ends with the suffix ology, it means the study of, right? So when we study demons in scripture, there's huge, there's huge wisdom in this event. The fact that they would look to Jesus and know who he was right away. That demons exist in such a way that they are aware of the physical world and the spiritual simultaneously means that they're used to not being seen. They're used to physical human beings not knowing that they're there. But Jesus could just like look at them and see. <laughs> and they knew that they were seen. And so, uh, man, as creepy as it seems to try to imagine something from a demon's perspective, imagine being seen and known by the Lord right away. And the utter terror that overcame these demons. Their question is telling as well. This is why I say eschatological, as in the eschaton, the end of days, the events of Revelation. Right, I'm going to read to you from, uh, from, from Revelation here. It's a, it's a powerful moment, an incredible, beautiful, absolutely phenomenal victory. They ask the question, have you come here to torment us before the time? Those three words, before the time, indicate they know what's coming to them. It is the devil's intention to do as much damage as he can before his inevitable destruction. That time has been set, and he knows it. He doesn't know the exact timing. The only one who knows the timing of all those events, by the way, is the Father. Not even the Son knows this exact time or the hour. But these demons know that time is set. And they know it's not yet here. Jesus is walking the earth. So they know enough to know that it's not yet time. Have you come to torment us before the time? It's just like the devil to play the stupid victim. In fact, that's literally in the Satanic Bible. In the Satanic Bible, which I read, leading a Satanist to Christ, by the way, he's a Christian now. Satan is painted to be this poor little victim. Not like the one who afflicts the earth with all form of disaster. Not like the one who tempts people to commit mass shootings. You know, not, not like the bad guy that he is but like some sort of victim here. These demons are, are playing the victim card. Are you here to torment us? Jesus is there to seek and save the lost. He crushes the work of the devil, absolutely. And these demons do end up getting tormented in a sense, but their acknowledgement that the time exists 
is incredibly telling. They know that their time is set. Demons aren't afraid of you and me, not the least bit. See the book of Acts, which we studied at the very beginning um, of, our, of our series here. They're not afraid of us, but they are horrified of my Jesus. They are petrified of him. They know that their time is set. Here's that time. It's Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to, uh, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. So, first of all, thousand years. All right, numerous interpretations of this. I think a thousand years means a thousand years. So does Dr. John MacArthur. Gog and Magog, there's speculation as to what these represent. Do they represent Russia and China in our context today? If you were to ask this question in the 1940s, it would have been very different. This is, this is Germany and whatever. Like, it, it, uh, the roles switch from time to time. It's, it could be Russia and China. Honestly, they don't have that, that much economic power. Like, together, they don't represent that much of the overall gross, uh, like the, the, the overall worldwide economy. But it's possible. Gog and Magog to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. Those, that, would, that would constitute a whole massive army. They came up across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the encampment of the saints, the beloved city. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed them. So they think they're on the offensive and then fire consumes them. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast, that's the Antichrist, and the false prophet, his own darkly pseudo John the Baptist type forerunner, are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. When you hear about the lake of burning sulfur and the torment day and night forever and ever, sometimes that's, that's conflated with the idea of hell. It's actually, this, this text is speaking specifically to the fate of the devil, the Antichrist, and the Antichrist's forerunner. That's actually what this text is referring to. I'm not diminishing the severity of hell and torment apart from God, but when you hear those, that, that language about a burning lake of sulfur, it's actually in Revelation 20, 7 through 10, and it's referring originally to the defeat forevermore of the devil. That's what happens. That's the time. The very next text, by the way, is the great white throne judgment and the new creation follows in chapter 21. But when these demons ask Jesus, have you come here to torment us before the time? That's the time. That's what they're talking about. That's what these demons are referring to. Tomorrow, we'll talk about this pig incident, pig-cident, if you will. But for now, know that while evil is given a modicum of freedom, a governed degree of dominion over the earth, hence their name, you know, principalities, they have the ability to tempt, you know, even possess those who are, who are far from God or, or torment even Christians as well. They have a date set and they don't know when it is. Their destruction is looming over them. It's been written by God. Same God who has done absolutely everything that he said he would do. He said he's going to do this and they know it. They are horrified. Though they deal in terror, they're not exempt from it themselves. Just ask these demons. What do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Oh man. Let's see what happens tomorrow.